Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Week 7 Dynasty episode uh, for the Data Bliss podcast. Um, so, as we discussed last week, we're kind of switching up the format. Uh, there wasn't really much continuation in the first place. Um, but yeah, now we're going to do Dynasty episodes, Redraft, and DFS separately. Uh, so yesterday, I posted the first kind of iteration of that Redraft but this is the second Dynasty episode. We had one last week as well. Um, additionally, uh, there is a Madden series over on the YouTube. Um, if you haven't caught that yet, definitely go check it out. I'm rebuilding the Patriots, uh, and I made some pretty cool trades yesterday. And an episode is going to come live either today uh, or tomorrow, where I finally get rid of Mac Jones because I'm sick of him. Uh, <laughs> so definitely tune in over at the YouTube, which is datablitz underscore XYZ um, over there. And you can find everything. Uh, I post links to everything on the Twitter, which is also datablitz underscore XYZ. Um, so similar to what we did last week, I'm going to cover a couple of kind of big news points for the Dynasty episode uh, right away. And then... Um, jump over into rookie risers and fallers and then kind of separately jump into long-term risers and fallers where i just kind of see the dynasty value um having turned one way or another for some of these players sometimes it's a continuation of what we saw last week where i predicted a riser fall sometimes it's completely separate uh like last week i had a riser this week is a faller um so just want to uh, prepare you for that. So some week six kind of recap. Uh, Anthony Richardson is now on the IR. Uh, that's going to negatively impact Anthony Richardson's value for me. Um, Gardner Minshew is a guy that obviously isn't a long-term solution there. Um, they're going to go back to Anthony Richardson. So his value doesn't really adjust that much in terms of dynasty value. You know, if he's somebody that you can get, um, plug in uh maybe consider going and doing that but the real impact there is on the receivers and i think it's kind of a positive for michael pittman and josh downs um i think especially michael pittman benefits josh downs week got saved by a touchdown he didn't really do much outside of that um it was just a situation to keep an eye on going forward where do the, where do those targets go um and what does that look like um over in indianapolis um, the next update here is Kyron Williams is out a couple weeks. Um, I don't really think there's any huge dynasty implications to this, but yeah, they did move Cam Akers over to the Vikings, so they don't really have any established backups. They have Zach Evans. Um, they, I think they got like Deontay Foreman. Um, I'd, I'd want to take a second look at that depth chart before I speak about that exact situation over there. But Zach Evans is kind of the guy that I thought is a sleeper over there, um, where I think he's he has been good at times in his career. Usually gets replaced by somebody else, um, but he's he's a guy that could potentially take the snaps while Kyron Williams is out, and because of the situation in Los Angeles, where there isn't really, I mean. Kyron was getting all the snaps and all the carries, but it seems like that situation is kind of in flux. Um, and somebody else, if they really did come in and, and outperform, 
the expectation they could potentially hold on to that role. So Zach Evans is a guy to keep an eye on. I don't, he's probably on the waiver wire. I think I drafted him in a rookie draft with like a fourth round pick. Um, so he is in that like back half of value where you're not going to be really seeing much um, getting traded around for him. And he's probably on your waiver wire. So it's, you know, um, it's a situation where I don't really know what to do with it, but Zach Evans could potentially um, step up there. Um, then for some more news here, we have uh, Jimmy G uh, was out and we saw, I think it was Brian Hoyer come in and play. Aiden O'Connell was uh, kind of the safety guy there, so he didn't have a chance to play. He would have had to had Brian Hoyer go down. Um, but, you know, it's questionable, you know, when Jimmy G is going to come back. Uh, so it's a situation to keep an eye on there because Jimmy G's long-term value is kind of in question now. If he continues to get hurt and Aiden O'Connell does actually step in and look good, um, we could see some Aiden O'Connell being more of the future there. Um, so keep an eye on that as well. Finally, um, Justin Fields was injured. Uh, he hurt his, I think it was his thumb or his hand or something. Uh, he should be out for a couple weeks. Um, and I saw that there could potentially be surgery required uh, if it was like a full dislocation or something like that. Um, so keep an eye on the situation over there. Uh, it did seem like Justin Fields kind of was starting to trend down. He looked pretty bad in the first his quarter before he got injured and um there's a chance that he is out for a little bit um so that definitely impacts some of the guys in chicago a little bit uh from a redraft perspective like dj moore um and cole Komet. so keep an eye on that situation uh there could be um i don't know he could come back he could look great but it just feels like the bears are not going to rush him back, uh, and there's a chance that we miss a few weeks from Justin Fields, and, and that's kind of what we're going to have to live with. Um, and then going from there, like let's say he comes back in like week 10, week 11 even, um, I don't know. Do you even try to win games anymore for the Bears if you have the first and second pick locked up still? Probably not. Um, I know that Justin Fields would be playing for his job, but it's questionable um okay so that concludes the news that i have today um regarding dynasty stuff um and then we can jump over into the rookie risers and rookie fallers category here um so my rookie riser first guy up here is the same guy that i think i had first guy up last week uh which is bryce young bryce young has started to improve a little bit uh, he threw for 217 yards this past game on 38 attempts, um, and threw for one touchdown and had 12.7 fantasy points. Um, so Bryce Young had two good drives to start the game here, and then the Panthers kind of fell apart, but there was some positives, uh, out of him that was good to see. Like, I think he's starting to show, um, bursts of, you know, what we expected when he was coming in definitely no cj stroud start um but he's a guy that 
you know, the supporting cast, the O-line, the everybody outside of Adam Thielen has been questionable. So um, I think if we monitor the Bryce Young situation, he should continue to take steps forward. Um, and I'm interested to see how that works out going forward. I, I just think he's going to hopefully improve, um, continue to shine. I, it, there was questions about him being a bust early on, so uh, the last two games have really shown that he does have some uh, highlights, and there are times where he's kind of the guy. Um, it's just the team ends up kind of getting blown out, and then it's everybody gets after Bryce Young, and it's kind of tough to watch. So that's the first guy I have to cover here. Um, our second guy is Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer's uh, kind of had a coming out party the past week here, uh, or two weeks. He had two targets, uh, weeks one through four, um, so pretty much zero utilization. Um, and then week five, three targets for two receptions, 39 yards, so definitely a step in the right direction. Um, and week six against New England, he ran... Uh, routes on 62.5% of passing snaps and had six targets, two in the red zone for five receptions. And that ended up at 75 yards. Um, so Michael Mayer is a guy that, you know, didn't really look that athletic um, early on in his career here. Kind of didn't expect him to be the Sam Porter, the um, Kyle Pitts type, but he looked good last week against New England. He looked like he had some bursts, um, got open, got downfield, um, kind of had some run after the catch as well, um, and seemed to be a safety blanket for Brian Hoyer. So I would expect him to continue to improve. I don't know if we're going to get, you know, 75 yards every game because um, that did put him at tight end five on the week. But, you know, expecting closer to 50 would be a great if he averaged 50 yards a game um going forward that'd be incredible uh even like closer to 40 and a potential touchdown every other week would really put him in that startable uh territory and a guy that you kind of didn't expect this out of this year i remember he was going like the back the middle half of second rounds in dynasty um in non-tight end premium uh but super flex so we'll see how that impacts him going forward um, but I think his value kind of did take a turnaround in these past two weeks, and he should start to trend up a little bit more. Uh, the next guy that I have here is Rasheed Rice. Uh, Rasheed Rice has, you know, high draft capital. He's a guy, I talked about him yesterday during the redraft episode, because I think it's a similar story, but he's a guy that has started to really turn it on. Um you know, they, they're throwing the ball a lot, so his target share isn't incredible. Um, but he's, as in like his percent of targets, but he's averaging four to five targets a game pretty much every game. Um, and it seems like he's still starting to build that connection with Mahomes a little bit more, um, especially this past week against Denver when he had 72 yards. So I think... My logic here is if there's a chance that you're trading for um, the wide receiver one on the Chiefs, 
and that wide receiver one can be supported, I think you got to go and do it. Um, you're probably giving up maybe two seconds right now because he hasn't shined that much. He was an early second round pick. Um, I think two seconds probably gets it done. Um, and he's a guy that I'm willing to take that risk on going forward. Just good chance that he's around Patrick Mahomes for a long time. And any guy that has that and has, you know, proven that he can get some receiving yards, uh, unlike Sky Moore or anything, is is something that you want to try to get. Uh, additionally, Andy Reid never really uses rookies. Um, so I think the big sell here is Rasheed Rice has been used a lot early uh, compared to like Sky Moore last year or the other rookies that are on the team right now. So definitely see if you can go get him um, right now. Last guy I have in here has kind of already established himself and is somebody that I just want to highlight as I think he was the highest scoring rookie this year or this week. Um, and that's Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers has continued to impress. Uh, I don't know if he, it's not like he's turning around in value, as I said, like he's continued to look good, but it's just his value continues to rise as he looks even better. Um, I know that last week against Pittsburgh, he had some drops. Uh, but this past week he had, you know, eight targets, six receptions and a touchdown, uh, for 17.1 points. It was his highest, uh, finish. It wasn't his highest points, but it was his highest finish among wide receivers at the wide receiver 14. Um, and so I, I just love what I've seen out of Zay Flowers. He's the guy that, you know, you didn't really know if the volume was going to be there early on with, uh, Mark Andrews there, um, and the kind of lower volume passing attack with Lamar Jackson but Zay Flowers is a guy that has proven that he's can, you know, get those targets. He's earning those targets, uh, especially red zone targets, surprisingly. And he just seems like uh, kind of one of the only guys that Lamar is going to throw to and trust and that can be sustained on the Ravens offense right now. So love Zay Flowers. Wanted to just give him a little shout out. Uh, I know it's not really a, a switch in um, in value, but it is a continuation of the trend going up. So that's all I got for him. And that sort of concludes my rookie risers section. So we can move on into the rookie fallers now. My first rookie faller is a guy that I have continued to doubt, um, even though he continues to put up numbers, and that's Puka. Um, Puka did have seven targets last week, two in the red zone. Uh, and only managed to get four receptions for 26 yards. Um, I think he, it's tough to say because, you know, Cooper Cup and him do play pretty differently. So I think Puka and him and Cooper Cup could coexist on this offense. But I just don't know if Puka is the talent that we want him to be. Um, there's a chance that this is a tiny blip and he continues to get 10 even more targets a game, uh, consistently put up touchdowns, but it just feels like this could be the start of a downtrend. Um, it was against the Cardinals who aren't the best um, and they are going into Pittsburgh next week. So Pittsburgh has allowed a significant a number a significant number of points to receivers i think if you don't see puka really um feast on the steelers defense this week he could be a guy that you try to move off of 
I think you could still even get a first for him. Um, it seems like that hype is, hasn't really gone down, um, but there is a chance that you can't. Um, and, and he's probably worth sticking with at that point. Uh, maybe two seconds would do it for me, but I'd be looking closer to a first. So I would try to move off Puka if you can, because it seems like the Rams passing offense is maybe not going to be able to support them like we thought it could when they played the Eagles. Um, but yeah, that's Puka. Uh, the next guy here that I have as a faller, and I mean, we all kind of knew that he was going to, and I don't know. Kenneth Walker has continued to impress. Um, Zach Charbonnet is just not the guy. He's not getting touches. I don't know why they drafted him his touches peaked in week week three um against carolina and then the past you know two weeks especially after the bye against cincinnati he had four touches um he hasn't finished higher than the running back 44 uh zach charbonnet it's like why like why is, why is he on the Steelers or sorry the seahawks uh Kenneth Walker's great. You know, Zach Charbonnet is like an injury away from being relevant. And even at that point, you know, he has done a lot with the the carries he has gotten, I think. Like it hasn't been bad. Um he was before the bye more of the pass catching guy, but even then he was only running routes on like twenty three percent of um passes. So I just don't know what we're going to see out of him. Um, it just feels like that that game against Carolina was a blip. Zach Charbonnet has averaged like 24% of snaps. It's just not where you want to be with him right now. Um, I would say if you can sell for a second, you should just go and do it. Um, he's a guy that is good. Um, at least that's what I thought when he was coming in, but it just seems like he's on the in the wrong situation on the wrong team. Um, and maybe he does something this week against Arizona. They've allowed a lot of points to running backs. Uh, it could be a blowout. They could want to take Kenneth Walker out, but you know, definitely keep an eye on that situation. If that's what happens, then he's an injury away from being a guy. If he doesn't even get worked in when they're blowing him out, or you know, Kenneth Walker stays in or something like that. Um, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna have to see what he does with his limited touches going forward, and if it doesn't turn into that much, like you need value out of your running backs early. This isn't anything unexpected uh, to want value out of your running backs early, and he's just not providing anything. So I would try to move off him if you can. Um, and the next guy here is another first round pick uh, from rookie drafts. And this is a guy that we thought, you know, maybe was going to get worked in a little bit more when Keen, uh, when Mike Williams went down. Um, and that is Quinton Johnston. So Quinton Johnston has been pretty terrible. Um, he has he did get his route running rate up against um, Las Vegas. He was running routes on like eighty percent of snaps, uh, but. His highest targets is three on the season. Um, he had 
two targets for zero receptions against Dallas. Like, I know that he's kind of the wide receiver three, but he can't beat out Josh Palmer. Um, it's just looking really bad for Quentin Johnston. Um, and I think you should try to move off him for whatever you can at this point. I know that's kind of a reactionary and terrified take, but he was a guy that we thought was going to take a little bit to develop, but now he has more opportunity than we had thought. And it just doesn't feel like even when they, they're not giving him the opportunity he should have, um, kind of holding him back still. And I don't know. Uh, I think their bye was week five, and so coming out of the bye, he had two targets. Like, that should have been the time to get him a little bit more involved, and they didn't. Um, so, Quentin Johnson's a guy that it's just scary right now as an owner of him. He could be like a Laquan Treadwell level bust, and that's not what you want to see. Uh, and the last guy here I have is like a long-term faller. And this is relative again, is Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, out for the season, uh, is going to be known as an injury-prone guy for the next, I guess, until next season starts. Um, and it's going to be tough to rely on him going forward. Um I don't know, like, if, if I'm in a situation where I can trade Kyler for Anthony Richardson, do I do it? Probably. But I do have questions about his viability um, as, like, a week-to-week starter. He's not able to finish any game so far. He had injury history in college. Um, I just think this is a continuation of that. Maybe they focus on that going forward, uh, but it seems like maybe they... I don't know. Maybe he doesn't pick it up and, and that's how his career kind of goes. Um, I don't think that's what happens. I think he's probably we tweak starter pretty much uh, most years, like in an ideal situation. Week to week starter most years uh, probably gets injured out for the season like two, three more times because he kind of got treated like he's uh, closer to a running back than a quarterback in terms of injury uh, proneness. So. Just a guy that this situation, he really could not stay in a game for very long. Like, he was great when he was on the field, but the best ability is availability. So, Anthony Richardson is a guy that scares me going forward. All right, so that wraps up the rookie fallers section uh, for today. I think what we jump into next year is kind of the all-value risers. Um, and the first guy that I have is Jameson Williams. Whether that rise is justified or not, that's kind of up for debate, but Jameson Williams did have that great touchdown grab, um, and kind of, I don't know, he's, he was what everybody wants him to be. Um, he put up 13.3 fantasy points. He had like one reception that was like 50 yards or something like that. Uh, wasn't really utilized that much, had run routes on 19.2% of snaps. But it it is what you want it to be. Like, Jamison Williams is going to be that, 
that long um, kind of distance threat in that team, that speed threat, uh, kind of complementing Sam Laporta and Amon Ra. Uh, they don't really have like that speed guy right now. And the Lions are the team that I would say needs it the most right now, but at the same time, they've been fine without it. Um, so it's really about what he does in the coming weeks that would prove like whether or not he actually deserves the rise in value. But I mean, I know you probably can't get Jameson Williams for like less than a first right now. And that's pretty incredible for a guy that hasn't really played much um, and just has one touchdown on like one catch for the year. Um, so I would see what that looks like going forward. Uh, but he definitely did have a big rise in value this week because of that. But he, again, he could be the third option on that offense. But people love Jameson Williams. Um, he's a high draft capital at pick 12 uh, out of Alabama. He ran a 4-3-9. Like, he's the guy that could – he does have a lot of measurables that line up. Um, but the situation is, you know, kind of questionable. Uh, whether or not he actually gets worked in and his ability to stay on the field is still in question. He hasn't really proven anything on the field, so. But he still rose in value. <laughs> okay. Next guy I have here is Drake London uh, slash Kyle Pitts. Um, and this is kind of just because of Desmond Ritter throwing the ball to them more. Um, it. Uh, Drake London himself had 12 targets for nine receptions this week, 125 yards, uh, was the wide receiver five. Uh, he won me a bunch of money in DFS. Drake London is awesome. Um, yeah, this is the guy that was drafted as the wide receiver one out of that 2022 class. Um, he's still pretty young. He's, he's pick eight overall, which is crazy. Um, and I love seeing what I'm seeing. It just feels like, you know, maybe Arthur Smith has changed his mind a little bit and is starting to get these guys more involved. Johnny Smith targets aside. Um, it just seems like Desmond Ritter's looking in the way of his weapons a little bit more. Is Desmond Ritter that long-term solution at quarterback? I don't think so. Um, but Drake London and Kyle Pitts should get some benefit from that either way. Um, and so I think these guys are risers right now, but... Drake London, probably more so than Kyle Pitts. Next up here, um, here's another guy that I mentioned in the same category as Desmond Ritter early on, uh, like week four, and that's Sam Howell. Um, Sam Howell has definitely looked a lot better than... So I, I talked about him after the week three game where he had four interceptions. Like, is he... He was on the fence. He's like, potentially going to lose his job. Sam Howell is a viable fantasy starter right now. He's had like three QB one weeks in a row, pretty much. He was 13 in uh, week four. And his worst game aside, he's been a quarterback one. Um, so just from a fantasy perspective, he's been very good. Um, he's thrown the ball a ton too. Um he hit like 400 yards against Chicago, um, only 151 against Atlanta, but they still won that game. Um, and so I think he's 
a guy that's definitely a starter when they're playing bad teams. Uh, questionable when they're playing good teams, but it's basically his rookie year, I think. He played, uh, I think, like one game last year, yeah. Played one game against Dallas, and he was pretty bad. But he scored a lot of fantasy points. That's impressive. Um, so I don't know. This guy seems like a guy that when he plays is fantasy relevant. And although this may not be his job uh, going forward, they may keep him next year because he has shown enough um, to keep that going. Like, he's he's winning games. Um, it's 1,500 passing yards. Like, this is kind of a dude that you want on your team right now. So... Sam Howell, definitely a riser uh, out of that spot where there was a potential that he wasn't going to keep his job more than a few weeks uh, with Jacoby Brissett behind him. So uh, I have two more risers here, uh, one of them being Michael Pittman. Um, I think, you know, it's weird how I'm looking at this. Like, Michael Pittman is a riser this season um, because he's been a go-to guy for Gardner Minshew. And I think what that means is that his value is going to be inflated by um, like kind of the end of the season. And then you can move off him at that point when Anthony Richardson comes back, who has liked Michael Pittman, but not as much. Um, so that's kind of the path that I'm taking here is if you trade for Michael Pittman now, give up like a late first or whatever, which some people think it takes more than that. I don't know. I don't love him that much. It could be more than that. Maybe like a, a late first and a late second. Um, definitely probably not more than that. Um, but Michael Pittman like is going to gain value and then you could probably sell him for like an, or a mid first or something like that. Mid first and a mid second. Um, so def- definitely a value that you want to keep your eyes on. And somebody that, as like a mid-tier competitor, you could use this season and then kind of pass off if you want to switch into a rebuild or, or depending on what you want to do there. Um, but definitely a guy that will have some value fluctuation this season going forward. And the last guy I have here is Dalton Schultz. I'm slowly becoming a huge fan of Dalton Schultz. We knew that he was a talent when he was in uh, Dallas. He currently is having his second best season um, in terms of fantasy points per game. And with a rookie quarterback who I believe he's tied to for a few more years, depending on the contact contract situation there, uh, which I would love to find out, but I, I'm not going to do that right now. Um, so Dalton Schultz, good talent questionable situation that has turned into a great situation has started to put up plenty of numbers um i don't see anything to hate uh so i just think this is an easy guy where you know i would questionably pay like a an early second maybe even a late first i'm gonna say for dalton schultz because he's somebody that we know is talented has started to trend up in the past three weeks with three touchdowns in a row um, and he had 60 yards in both the last two weeks. So he's been a top top half of the top one, uh, like tight end ones 
So tight end six, tight end six, tight end two. Um, and these haven't even been CJ Stroud's best weeks. So I think this is a guy that you got to go try to get um, and hope that CJ Stroud continues to look his way. All right, so that knocks out the risers um, portion of the episode. And then we can jump into the, like, the last part here, which is the long-term fallers. Um, so the first guy I have here is Jimmy G. Jimmy G continues to struggle to stay on the field. Um, Jimmy G could, I think, he, yeah, he's thrown multiple interceptions every game. Or not multiple, he's thrown an interception every game that he's seen the field this year. Um, and it's, I don't think the Raiders are winning. Um, so Jimmy G definitely doesn't like project to be in their long-term plans, um, especially now that he's hurt. Again, uh, it's just kind of like this is a guy that you kind of want to move off of. I don't know if you can get a late second for him. Um, maybe you can, but there are other guys on this list that I would trade Jimmy G for in a heartbeat um, because Jimmy G is old. He's 31.9. He His prime is behind him. He hasn't been fantasy relevant that much this year uh he has two tight or quarterback one finishes um it just feels like this is a guy that's kind of on the way out and will be a good backup for the next few years but i don't know if we continue to see jimmy g the starter um going forward so jimmy g's a guy that i would try to move off of because his job is in question at this point uh, another guy whose job is a little bit in question is James Cook. Uh, I know this is kind of a questionable pick here because James Cook has gotten a lot of volume uh, this past week against the Giants. He got 14 carries for, uh, with one of those being in the red zone um, for 71 yards. So he's looked good, uh, better than I thought he would this year. But there's kind of rumors of them bringing Leonard Fournette for a, a visit. Um potentially signing Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette's not that good, but he could take some of those red zone carries away. Um, I pretty much discussed all of this yesterday during the redraft episode because redraft running backs and dynasty running backs are the same thing. Um, but I think James Cook is a guy that's could get some of the value stolen by uh, another person. Um, and that would be pretty tough because there's not a lot of rushing volume to go around on the Bills' offense. Definitely not enough to support two running backs. Um, one more guy that I have here is Jahan Dotson. I thought Jahan Dotson had a pretty good rookie year. Uh, tons of touchdowns. He had you know, seven touchdowns in 12 games played. He was pretty much putting up a touchdown every, every week. Um, finished as the wide receiver 38 in points per game. Um, but he's already to like the halfway point of the amount of targets he got last year. Um, and he's not doing that much with them. So it's, he's averaging like five targets a game. It's not like the volume is just not there at all. He's just putting up like 30 yards on five targets every game, um, which is brutal. 
Uh, his yards per reception is down from 15 last year to eight. And I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's not like the value the volume isn't there. Uh, it's not like Sam Howell is the direct cause of this. Like he can't support anyone. Um, it just feels like it's Jahan Dotson's talent and Jahan Dotson's talent alone that's keeping him back. Um, and I kind of bring him up this week because he had he had run a route on eighty five point seven percent of dropbacks and had one target. I don't think Sam Howell likes Jahan Dotson, and I don't think we're gonna get some fantasy value out of Jahan Dotson until there's a new quarterback there. And even then, I don't know anymore. I'm a guy that was willing to trade like a first and a second for him in the offseason. Luckily, he said no. Um, but Jahan Dotson's just not really the guy right now. Um, Another guy that I'm starting to get scared of that I tried to acquire in the offseason is Calvin Ridley. Um, I think Calvin Ridley still has decent fantasy value, but this is about his projections going forward. It, I'm starting to wonder if he's the wide receiver one on his team. Um, it kind of feels like Christian Kirk might be that guy. And we'll see how that works out going forward. But, you know, Calvin Ridley is getting decent amounts of targets. Uh, he's had two kind of boom weeks, and the rest of his weeks have looked bad. Um, meanwhile, Christian Kirk has been more consistent this year. Um, so I think if you're looking for consistency, Calvin Ridley's not your guy. Maybe he's a best ball guy. Uh, but even then, I don't know. Uh, I had him last week as a long-term riser. And then he put up four receptions for 30 yards. Um, so definitely a situation to keep an eye on. Um, they're playing New Orleans this week. Uh, actually, tomorrow, Thursday. And New Orleans has been good against wide receivers. So it's definitely a game that I want to see. You know, if Calvin really um, takes another step forward, and puts up another hundred yards. That's a that's a game where it's kind of a continuation of a trend. Like he looked better against Buffalo. He looked bad against Indy. Maybe he looks good again. Um, but I don't know if he's going to. Um, and there's a chance that he doesn't. So could be Christian Kirk's world. Um, so. Calvin Ridley is questionable right now uh, going forward. And my last guy here for long-term fallers is Cole Komet. Um, Cole Komet had a good little streak going when Justin Fields was looking awesome uh, and the Bears were looking good with DJ Moore putting up a ton of points. Cole Komet was quietly doing the same thing in the background. Um, and it just feels like now that Justin Fields is potentially hurt for uh, an extended period of time, Cole Komet's value is going to take a hit. Whether that hit is justified or not, I don't, I don't know. Not for me to say. I'm just here to tell you that Cole Komet is going to take a hit because he's going to put up less yards. He's going to put up less touchdowns. Um, and there's going to be quarterback question, uh, in Chicago. I mean, and you could say, well, 
maybe that's a good thing. Maybe they do go and get Caleb Williams, but there's no guarantees about that right now. Um, and we could end up with Cole Komet coming back next year with the bad version of Justin Fields that doesn't do anyone any justice. So that's just a guy that I think his value is going to take a hit, like kind of the reverse uh, effect of like a Jordan Addison who should probably should have gotten more targets last game um, compared to like the Alexander Madison there. But um, I don't know, Cole Komet, not going to put up as many points. And I think people are going to see that and get a little bit scared off um, from his value because he he's the tight end five right now. And I think that falls off. So yeah, that's all I got. Um, so that concludes everything that I have for the dynasty episode today i hope this format is still working let me know if it's not uh at me on twitter datablitz underscore xyz uh check out the madden episode um that's probably going to be dropping on thursday uh probably thursday morning and um keep in touch for more content um i'm gonna put out some dfs stuff tomorrow uh, definitely a huge week last week for DFS turned three bucks into 500 super pumped about that. And now I have a different game plan going forward where I will be able to discuss, uh, guys that are more catered towards tournaments and guys that are more catered towards, you know, those 50, 50 games, um, that are kind of more reliable. So that's all I got. Um, thanks for tuning in and have a good one.